0: Well I'm so glad you're joining us for another one of the conversations for change and um, these conversations have been so helpful uh, to me and I'm getting incredible feedback from others um, as we walk on a journey of um, understanding, of transparency, honesty, hard conversations, hard truths, um, and finding uh, Jesus, finding hope, finding the gospel in the midst of um, the times that we're living in right now. I'm really honored um, to be joined by um, Two men that I have great respect for. Um, I'm about to introduce you to um, Jared and, and uh, Eddie. In fact, I'm going to bring them on the screen now. We've got Jared Collins uh, and Eddie Rodriguez joining us. Both long term. How many? How many years each, guys? I
1: think I'm. Um, I'm I think I'm about seven. Seven. Yeah. I think your first year. Your first, after your first year, that April I showed up.
0: Yeah. Yes, it's probably like eight, maybe even nine. Yeah. Maybe Eddie, you're, you've been there almost since the very get-go, right?
2: Yes, yes, I've been there since the day Union Square first opened. There you go. Yep.
0: Back 2011. Ooh. That's amazing. Yes. <laughs> and you guys are <laughs> a long
2: time. It's been a long time.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've done a journey, right? And you guys have been yep. pillars, absolute pillars of our community these days. Both of you very active members of our downtown Manhattan community. But we obviously, we're continuing these conversations and I mean, I kind of make the point each time I do these that there's no, there's no script um, to these conversations, but really an opportunity for you guys to share some of your experiences and help me, uh, maybe help other people who are watching. Because um, I think we've, it's fair to say that the times that we're living in are incredibly important times for society and for the church. Um, to face things that need to be faced and hear things that need to be heard and frankly, change things that genuinely need to be changed, not just talk. But that's why I call these conversations for change, because my hope is that the conversations do actually result in change in us. And I know change for me. So, you know, I, I'm just so grateful that both of you guys have taken the time, first of all, um, in the midst of a pandemic and shut down <laughs> and all the different things. And, uh, <laughs> And a big season when I can, frankly, some of my friends um, that I think in time will probably have a lot to contribute to these conversations, are understandably saying, I'm, t- I'm tired. I don't know if I'm ready to talk right now. And, um, and maybe like a backdrop for this conversation, maybe Jared and then Eddie, you guys could just take a few minutes, like tell me a little bit of your, like tell me a little bit of the Jared and Eddie stories of your lives and some of the experiences that you've had along the way that would help somebody, you know, newer to this conversation, um, to understand what you've experienced, you know, racism, bias, prejudice, I don't know. Um, Just whatever feels comfortable to share, maybe starting with you, Jared, you could just share some of your story with us.
1: Sure, I I, I will. Um, I mean, I grew up in a predominantly middle uh, class household, um, neighborhood uh, with mostly um, white kids, right? So my dad built our house out in New Jersey, uh we were the, the prototypical first black family. Um so with that being said, uh some people were very open to that, some people were not. Uh some people uh were very, very closed off. Um of experience my brother went through, I went through, I was very inquisitive. I was known as Jared the Parrot, asked a lot of questions, I didn't care. I just talked a lot. Uh I you know, but at the same time, we came from uh, the other side of the tracks, so to speak, my dad had a certain job. He moved out, changed where we lived at, but I, I was kind of in both worlds, so, so to speak, right? Um, so with that being said, I could go to my cousin's house for the summer and have a totally different experience than I would have during the fall and winter at my house while I was going to school. Um, but, you know, we had our own spring-painted with racial names on it as it was being built. Um, I got told to get away from certain people, don't touch that. Uh, I've gotten suspended more than others um, as I grew up. And you begin to build a certain sort of tolerance, but you're still in, in those spaces and, and in those places. And with that, uh, you know, went to black churches, went to white churches, went to multi- you know, multicultural churches. Um, but what's prevalent throughout all those churches is that you know you're still a black person, you're a black man. Uh, and if you, if you think, even though the Bible speaks of kingdom, but if you think here on earth, uh, the biases that go along with that are then left outside the church, that's not necessarily the case, right? So I've been going to church all my life, backsliding, coming back to Christ, but, um, there's still stuff we need to work through, right? So a little, little bit of my story, more to come, but, uh, yeah, I, I've, I can say I've been through the gamut of, of loving white people. Um loving them and them loving me. Um but then but the question is the loving of me sometimes yeah, there's a lot of things blended with inside of that. Uh, a lot of uh, you know, you speak so well, you have a strong name, things that you just think to yourself, like why why me? Why do I have a strong name? No, you know, why why do I speak so well? You're so eloquent. Why? Why do you, have, why, why, is you that, why does that mean you said you mean it? Totally. There's no need for you to say that. Paul, when was the last time I told you? Hi, Paul, you are so eloquent. You speak so well, Paul. My goodness. Right. No, they don't know. But 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 I had that conversation more often than not. Um so you know, little things, but the little things add up after a while and you get to realize and see, like, oh, that's why they said it. And sometimes you're you're naive to what those are. You may even think they're compliments. And they're they're not really compliments because what it shows that is that there isn't really um, an equal playing field. You know, you, you've entered into this room, you've passed, and we're giving you a pass now to be here. Just as much as someone will say, I want the pass to the cookout, you have a pass to the country club right now. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> what did I do other than say hello? I don't know. But um, yeah, that's my little bit, but I'll stop. Eddie, go ahead. I'm going I'm to get off that one.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Love you, bro. Love uh, you, too. No, just for me, it was similar. You know, like I grew up in the dominating black and Hispanic neighborhood, was majority black. So for me to be half black, half Puerto Rican, I had it rough. Because my only my my black brothers and sisters, they would say I'm not black because I'm not dark skinned enough or I'm not what they call black. So when I started, to, I started to hang out with my Hispanic friends, they like, "You don't speak Spanish. You're not Puerto Rican. You need to go back over there with them black folks." So it was just, it was just like, didn't know who I was. But mm-hmm. the cops made sure that I knew who I was. Mm-hmm. Always coming around, stopping us, throwing us to the ground, fixing us, like literally checking us, see if we have a weapon on us i drugs, like not all black people sell drugs. They didn't believe it. If we got smart or told them the truth where their truth that they don't like, we got hit, got handcuffed. If we yell for help or we're getting, going to jail for starting a riot, just regular nonsense. So for me to finally find Liberty Church, which is, the you number know, dominating white church, because when I showed up, it was only, what, three, four black folks. So, me being there, I felt weird. I was like, okay, cool. But then I noticed there are certain white folks that did not like me. And I was just like, wow, this is a church. Cool. I remember the first time in church I, called, I was called the N-word. And I was just like, wow, these church people? Okay. It frustrated. And I was like, wow. Growing up, I, I had so much hatred because of white cops, my own brothers and sisters where where I was the oppressed, and I became the oppressed like I was downing everybody, hating on everybody. It, it, it's not a good life to grow up as a black man and an Hispanic man have to deal with three types of racism growing up. It's not fun, hmm. not fun.
0: So so Eddie, you know, talk to me about how you navigated some of those experiences, like being, you know, called a horrific racist name by somebody, I mean, in our church. I was actually planning in this conversation to ask a loaded question and say, no, don't just talk to me about racism in the world at large. I mean, like, give it to me straight, like what's been hard about being in our church, you know, bring it close to home and, and you've gone there already, which is good. Talk to me, like, how do you, how have you navigated some of those things? I mean we've had some honest conversations, many of them over the years but but what else what else have you done
2: honestly i, I just trust God mm-hmm. you know like it's very difficult. There's certain communities I would not go to because there are people there are very racist or very prejudiced, mm-hmm. and it's like you go to we go to church with brothers and sisters. Right. why are you judging me the way I dress the way I talk wow it's hard but then like I don't want to say nothing because I would look like the, the quote unquote angry black man so it's kind of like I have to keep my mouth shut and then mm-hmm. it's hard to talk to people about it because they tend to walk away from it or no don't don't uh, throw the pot. just leave it alone I'm like gonna take this hmm. and I ask myself every day why I'm here I have reasons to leave whoo I'm getting emotional sorry
0: hmm.
2: I ask myself why I'm here sometimes I ask God like yo why are you showing me this to your church I always feel like it's a that I got to be here. Maybe to make change. To wake people up. I don't know. But it's frustrating. It's frustrating. I feel like a lot of us... Well, I can't speak for everybody. I can speak for me. I feel like when we speak on this, it's like a muddle on us. Like, oh, no, no, don't talk about this. Shut up. Let's not aggravate or, or piss off the white folks. No, this is the issue we need to talk about. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we good for? Mm-hmm. Setting up the church? Singing on stage? Nah. I feel like I'm here for a reason. That's what makes me keep coming back. Mm-hmm. The only thing that makes me keep coming back here for we, amen sorry
0: you need to be sorry i'm grateful these are the conversations right yeah i know one of the people that you've called over the years is um jared so jared talk to me about you know because our our church has been on a bit of a journey it'd be fair to say over the years you guys have been a part of it and uh, having conversations and hard conversations, and even the, the makeup of our church has changed a lot since those early days, you know? And yeah. I think what's beautiful and also maybe hard at times is like, you know, like a, like a multi-ethnic church. I mean, I'm not, an, I'm not an expert on these things, but I, I do know that um, like diversity brings all kinds of challenges with it right whether it's diverse gifts or diverse generations or just diverse backgrounds but racial diversity and the times that we're living in like this is this is where we need to be but how do you jared like talk to me about what you say when people like whether it's eddie or just even yourself like
1: yeah i um i try not to be an apologist sure so that's usually the first thing um I can say this is my experience within church, and this church in particular. Uh, I have been on stage more often than not at this church, and I thank God for the opportunity to be on stage and share my gifts, um, as refined and unrefined as it's been at times. Um, I'm happy to minister, um, but at the same time, there's just when 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 Eddie comes to you and says, "I got call this word in church." There's no there's no. Um, apologizing for someone's behavior that was wrong mm-hmm. at all um and I, you know and then there is i mean we have to get to a point least so I get to a point where it's like okay well it's it's ultimately your choice uh, I believe there is a contingent not just of black people but um of people that that love the Lord here uh outside that individual or person um and that's that's true, but loving the lord um is everything, but I guess through the process of sanctification, you have people and individuals who have things that are still left there. And I, I can kind of be patient with it in a sense, maybe I'm, maybe I'm too patient. Um, Eddie would say sometimes I'm too patient. Um, <laughs> I, I just try to sit, sit in the mud as much as I can with wherever somebody's at. And, and honestly, it doesn't matter if it's a race situation or any kind of, uh, affliction. I just try to sit in the mud, to sit sit with you right here where it's at. I certainly believe in, you know, I believe in in faith. I believe in miracles. I believe in God doing things instantly if we ask Him. You trust God, you ask, He'll show up. Right? And I know some people don't believe that. Even people at our church still have issues believing that kind of, having that kind of faith. I've seen God move in my life that way. But I know God cares for the moments when you know, uh, things don't happen instantly, and, it, and it's dependent on somebody else's will to move them, you know, and do those things. Somebody else to act. The king's heart to be changed, and the king's heart is callous and doesn't want to change; it just stays. Um, so, uh, having that tension, realizing that's the case, and knowing that, um, I try to be as present as possible. Um, ask God to be with me there, and I don't, I don't pull punches. Let's 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 talk about what's really going on. Why are you angry? Let's talk about any the language gets a little extra sometimes because the feelings are really hurt people are, are pain, in pain they're hurt it's not like oh you know let, let's let's say in the in the christianese way i think the biggest problem sometimes is christians we say things christianese way and it's like you know how do you talk to god let's be honest how do you talk to god and you may not you may not use that language and that's fine you don't have to at least you're being honest you're not guarding your words and, and chopping it up to make sure okay if i say this i may lose this if i do this I, always calculating and it, and it's, it's it's hard um it's hard for for not just people of color but anybody to be in a, a place and more often than not if, it, if it's black people in a white church they have to um be cal- calculating on what they say and how they say it so yep. recently on, our, on a prayer call I, I just you i right around george floyd was there i was like i was being angry with god on the prayer call i was being angry. god where are you at god i know i know god shows up i know he does but in this situation that we have not come to the point of being corrected at this point god and you're the author and finisher of all things god so why i'm gonna say right this why for a little bit because that's why that's why i feel why why god why why um and ultimately god you know there's been plenty of times and people have shared and it's honest and I'll say it here like we feel like a sellout. We go to this church where it meet, we meet all these other needs but when it comes to this need nothing, either one, nothing's being said and silence is deafening. Um, and again, we, we definitely progress as a church. Don't, even, don't get it wrong, Paul. And it's not because you're obviously the best of the church but we progress as the church. Um, but when it is silent or when um, it has been silent it's hard to let go of those silent moments. Mm. Um, to now be aware of, oh, now we're talking. Well, yeah, now we're talking and it, you, tell you that's cynicism. This The culture, the, the racism in itself has to cause you to be a little bit cynical because sometimes people who are racist just don't know it. They're mm-hmm. blind to it. They're culpable for it and they're responsible. But do they know what they just said? Do they understand what they just said? And I've had plenty of these conversations and it's rightfully so. Um, so I think sitting in the mud, uh, sitting in those places uh, with people that, you know what, I feel like, why, why am I going here? I don't know why I'm going here. Um, and then obviously, we're talking about this one situation, which is a huge part. And I think Zoe said earlier in a few, a few other of uh, the messages that cognitive dissonance, I think we all practice it in some way or shape or form. Because we know exactly where we're at. And we know the ignorance that some white people have. But we know they're still good and god's inside of them regardless mm-hmm. of the ignorance that they have but sometimes that's taken for granted and there's somebody on the other side of that of that of that, that transaction um and, and you really lean, and it will happen more often than not we're leaning on god to do that stuff and act that way and we can do better we can do better and um you know and i try to have and, and now, as you said before, nothing is scripted, nothing is uh, re- rehearsed. But when it comes down to it and those moments, those conversations, it's just stuff I felt and have and am feeling or I'm just able to speak to it in such a way that I'm here with anyone mm-hmm. that may need it.
0: So good. Yeah. When we were um, making sure everything was set up and ready to record for this today, you mentioned an experience in a community group the other day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> can, you, can you can you tell that? Just recount that story for sure. Me?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, when it when it comes down to part of that part of of knowing of the ignorance of white people and you know being a black person in this space and knowing that you're you're all pressing towards God and the sanctification, um, yeah. Some some and more often than not, and we can we can get historical with it. We really don't have to, um, but. You know we have lots of grace for our people, and uh, Eddie was talking about his graceful experiences and conversations. And Eddie is definitely a truth teller, uh, and him uh, listening more, and which is excellent, right? In the sense of he can still be in full his full self, uh, and as he as he he will tell the story about Peter and whatnot. But he can be still be full his full self, but um, at the same time listening, having to listen, you have to listen. And uh, we're like, yeah, listen, 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 and, um, and I'm like, yeah, you know, because it's better not to you know, be so, not just aggressive, but being in such a way we cancel people out. I don't believe in cancel culture whatsoever. I just don't believe in that, because we're all children of God. Um, recompense and justice will come from God. Even come from the lane as well, if you're breaking laws. But to cancel someone and say they're over, when God says, I will redeem them, I sent my son for them, we can't just cancel people.
2: <laughs>
1: and a, uh, a white sister of, our, sister of our, excuse me, in our community, people said, hold on. I don't want people to get away from that. Black people have all this bitch white people. That's not what <laughs> we're talking about here. No, 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 no. so she checked me and Eddie. So I was like, yeah. all right, well, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll take it, you know, and, and, and we'll, we'll take the check. We'll hear you, because it isn't our place. And then the words I used before, and I'll say again, it isn't our place to codify your silence into some type of institution or cultural ideology you should continue to have. That's not our place to do that. But when we are silent, um, it does happen, right? It's not our job to placate to to your ignorance, because that is, that's not really love. It's, it's a one-sided affair. It's a one-sided transaction, right? Um, and um, it's not for us to coddle. Coddle for what? For what? Coddle. There's, there's there's been so many black bodies in the street dying, and the and the answer goes to, oh, they must not have had a father. Oh, they must have been a drug dealer. Oh. So it's all about past situations, and it's like, well, currently right here and now in this moment, was death the right option?
2: Mm.
1: No, it wasn't. And then we go back to you, so why why do you pull the race card? Because it seems, (laughs) when it comes down to it, it seems to be happening more prevalent, and there's numbers behind it, too. I don't have all the studies to pull out and have a discussion around that. But it's more prevalent to happens to, to black and brown bodies than it happens to white bodies. And it's just, it's just the way it is. And it's the way it is in America. And it shouldn't be that way. Um, so our sister checked us. Yeah. <laughs> us I respect her, her
2: for her. that. I respect yeah. her for that.
1: And, um, and it was rightfully so because ultimately, we don't need to build attention. Think about it. Why, if We always, always quote Martin Luther King Jr. and how awesome he is. He was a rebel rouser. He wasn't quiet all the time. He did things, that, and, and to what, what Eddie says, Eddie says he's, he's Malcolm, I'm, I'm, I'm Martin. But uh, when it comes down to it, they both didn't sit in the status quo. They did not. So when we go to a white church and it's like, you know, we can't say certain things because they're going to disrupt or cause an issue, mm-hmm. it's like, well, wait a minute. Didn't you say you want deliverance? Didn't you say you want the power of God to show up? Then you say you want revival? Man, why did the trickle come in? Just a trickle. I don't know. You saw a little bit of miracles. I don't know. Oh, I know the tension. We keep praying more. And it's like, well, I think there's something that's right in front of your face that you could deal with mm. and you can repent of and you can turn from your wicked ways and seek his face. The word's right there. The word's clear. Mm. Is you know, and it's like, well, that's how all, all the ills. No, probably not. It's probably some more stuff we don't see. There's plenty of something. Plenty of blind spots, but let's deal with this one if you if you really want to go after revival and see God move. Now I love what Jamie said earlier as well. It was, it was powerful stuff. But anyway, I Um So
0: so help me, you know I'm a. It's interesting having these conversations. You know, as an you know I'm born in Australia, and you know obviously white. You know and there's a certain way and I do and I not say this with any sort of sense of like, Oh, poor me or pity or anything. I don't carry that, but it would be easy to imagine in these times that I'm like one of the least qualified people to lead the church through times like these or have conversations like these. So, you know, I mean, talk to me, you, you guys are two people that I love, that I know, and that I trust. And, um, What advice would you have for me? What advice would you have for us, you know, um, as a church for the season that's in front of us right now? Either of you.
1: Certainly. Uh, Well, uh, sure. Uh, I'll go briefly and let you go. I I just went off for like 10 minutes just on a rant. So. Um, (laughs) (laughs) um, First thing, just do the work. Become as educated as possible on what it is. Become as educated as possible on what it is to sit in pain, right? To sit in pain. Obviously, if you have a solution, that's great. Solutions are are terrific. But um, if you're dealing with people's hearts and what they're dealing with and and the hurt of this situation, of this this principality, uh, the the deliverance from this principality is a little different than than what, you know, it's going to take some fasting and praying. So I know you already do it, Paul. Stay on it. know what i mean stay on that that's where that's where it's at um outside of that it's asking the questions asking the questions in public and asking the questions in private um and realizing like yeah sometimes you're gonna mess up and that's okay you're gonna you know we all mess up um but i think the motive of your heart is is most important and regardless of like you know because i know i've been around in conversations where i get told you don't know enough (laughs) you shouldn't be speaking. And this is from Jared Collins' experience. I haven't read every single book. I have lived 35 years on this earth and I'm in the United States, in New Jersey, New York, and now I'm currently in Georgia. Um, that's what I know. I pray on that, I read, I study, and I share from there and whatever the Holy Spirit shares with me. But at the end of the day, you can only do the best you can do with what you know and what you have. But I hope the best you can do is that you put sincere effort into learning and understanding. Um, even taking taking it from resources and learning from things that you would never even want to practice, it's like, well, what are these people thinking about? Um, even though I may think they're totally wrong, and it's not about the situation at hand, it's like how they're resolving it. Like I, I you know, not just getting the weeds, but like people are going, oh well, you know, well, yeah, oh BLM, you know, they're 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 Marxists, they're communists, and I'm just like, hmm. This this is this is, used to, this is going and this is going back again to, and I'll let Eddie dictate from here. This goes back again to like, oh, why did Cap drop a knee? It's so it's so disrespectful to the flag. And what ultimately you're saying is you're missing the point. You're missing what's happening here. So I think what's important to do as a leader is even if even if you think, and it's just how you think, you're like, yo, it's not for me, it's not my piece, not, I I feel this way. It's like this person's feeling this. They're dealing with this. Um be present for what they're dealing with. Be present to hear what's going on with them. Um, don't rush to give an answer. I need you to listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, yes, get the resources, get the people, of course. But I think in, in the tension of relationship with people, it, it's always better to come back and say, like, I don't know. I don't, I don't have an answer. I'm trying to figure it out. Can I walk with with you in this moment of not knowing as well? Mm-hmm. Just admitting the fact like we're not trying to be phonies. Like that's, that's, the, that's, that's everything. Authenticity is everything. And, I, and, you know, some people have tension for that. Some people don't. Some people are like, no, I need it now. Okay. If you need, if you need to have this now, then you should go find it now. And then you have every right and agency to go do so. You are a full person to go do that. And that's fine. But there's other people where, who you're speaking to is who you need to be speaking to because God called you to speak to them. Yeah. And that that action, I think, is everything. That, that's my thoughts.
2: Yeah,
0: so good. Thank you. What mm-hmm. right, you, Eddie? What, what advice would you have for me, my friend?
2: Honestly, it comes to the heart change. Mm-hmm. Like, I think a lot of people, majority white, are scared of that heart change because they will notice their prejudice towards people. They will realize, "Wow, I do have this power. I do have this strength. They're scared to lose that because they'll feel like us black and brown. Hmm. And to them, that is uh what's the word I'm looking for? I'm gonna just say it they feel, they feel like they're a negro, and that's not and, and they feel like that's a bad thing, that's a dirty word. We have to stop that. And I think that there are a lot of people that that knows it and just don't care. There are people that, that know their races, that know their presence, and just don't care. And they'll let you know that. And it's like, okay, so And the Bible says love thy neighbor mm-hmm. as yourself. Love thy love thy neighbor don't mean mean my people as the white people in my neighborhood or the black people in my neighborhood, it means everybody. Right. And love that yourself, loving, like, we have to love everybody. So if you don't love this this, this this dark skin brother over here, or this brown brother over here, you must don't love yourself. Hmm. I'm sorry to call you out, but it is what it is. Yeah. Like, we're all God people. Why are you hating on us? Yeah. Like, we have to stop this. Yeah. We have to stop this. I, I'm I'm sorry, I gotta say this. We cannot be in church and and and, and I see you on a Sunday we we like close friends. But then you have your white friends come over to visit you at church or your or your parents come visit you in church and you walk by me or another brother or sister in church, acting like they don't exist, then you mm-hmm. run over, see them one on one, say, Hey, hey, what's going on? Like your best friend, or you text text the person when you're leaving, or oh, I wanted to meet my parents, but we was running out. Mm. But, no. No. I just watched you introduce your family and your friends to everybody in the church. Mm. But me, or this black person, or, or this brown woman over here, like, we have to stop this. Yeah. You can't tell me you love me, and you see me in pain. And you go, I don't understand it, so I'm going to turn my back on it. So by you not saying nothing and not being there for me, you're telling me, okay, I'm racist. Okay, I'm prejudiced. Hmm. And it's the heart change. We have to change our heart. We have to change our heart. Have to change our mindset. And admit, yes, the way we was raised. This is why we are the way we are. And it goes back to how we was raised. Hmm. And once we confront that, that's the beginning of a heart change. Having these tough, difficult conversations is the the heart. It's the change of a heart change. Having these Real conversation calling people out, hey, yo, you need to stop this racial joke, hey, you need to stop saying this, you need to stop acting like this, treating your brother like this, or treating your sister like this. That's the heart change because you're starting to notice the effects of people being hurt. Yeah, just because we don't say nothing doesn't mean we're not hurt. Yeah, and we have to, we're so used to. We're so mentally ingrained to, to to normalize a lot of this stuff to be like, oh, well, you know, it's normal for us. We want to get out the change of being normal to let's make a change. Until we do that, we're gonna be we all gonna be stuck in the Swiss thing. All gonna be stuck. So it's up to us, as in. god's children to change and if we don't want to do that then i hate to say it but we don't want to do that then then me and you have nothing to talk about Mm -hmm. because i'm I'm here to serve god i'm not here to serve you and the thing is what's more important being judged by your friends and your family and the church or being judged by god Mm. because when you go to heaven you know you have to answer to god right say, why you help out this brother or this sister right here? No, I didn't. He's like, no, no, no. I'm talking about the brown skin brother right there, the dark skin sister right there. Why you help them out? Oh, I didn't see it. Okay, I don't see you. Goodbye. Like, we gotta wake up and realize that. Yeah. Until we, yeah, we gotta wake up. We gotta wake up. That's
0: good, man. So good. You know, you mentioned before, like, you know, who's my neighbor? And when, when Jesus was asked that, you know, he—that's when he told the story of the Good Samaritan. So yep. the whole, his response to that question by kind of one of the religious elite of the day in kind of the, you know, the people of the day that, you know, saw themselves as God's special people, his point to them was, well, yeah, you guys look down on the Samaritans, you have a bad relationship, you wouldn't even go over there, you think that place is not your place, let me show you, your, your neighbor is somebody not like you your neighbor is someone maybe a place that you wouldn't have chosen to go and and um i think that's the challenge for the time that we're living in like we live in a day when the world is globalizing and we have no excuse anymore right for hiding in our little bubbles from um, what's going on it's it's right there it was it struck me too even um i mean obviously racism bias prejudice it's, it's a global pandemic as much as COVID is. And it looks different everywhere, but it was fascinating to watch how even events here in the US in recent weeks, like lit protests around the world cause it speaks to the heart of the human condition, right? And um, I'm just so grateful for you both. I guess that's, I mean, I, I wanna honor your time and I know our time is short, but I just wanna honor you both cause I'm so grateful that you're in my life. I'm so grateful that you're in our community. You make our community better, both of you. And it's, I mean, I'm grateful that you, you know, that you feel safe enough in these conversations to, to, to share what you've shared. And, and I, I pray that because, you know, we all come to the Lord's table, As brothers in these moments, I pray that the world, our kids, and our grandkids step into is different.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it will be. I, I I never, I never, I would never think some of the things that transpired would would have transpired uh, the way they have. But it's, it's just going. Everybody here knows this. It's just going to take sustained effort. Mm -hmm. Sustained effort. To do the stuff that's painful, um, to do the stuff that's costly, um, and to uh, really, you know, as, as I say, as, as this unfolds, it, you just you can easily or begin to see, um, how things are taught or, re- or revised again, how the Bible's revised again, mm-hmm. how it's taught to, to a certain way to make sure. Only the best is said, and it's like some things are just confusing in the Bible, and that's okay. It is, it is what it is. God will, God will make it clear. Mm-hmm. Um, but some things are challenging, right? It's challenging to the narrative that we that we built, and we gotta be okay with that, right? We gotta be okay with that. So it's like to the to the point. It's like, yeah, it's not always gonna, gonna be about be about victory, victory. It's gonna be about we just lost here. Yeah. God, what do you do? I'm hurting. I know what your word says. I know what your promises say, God. And I can trust in these promises, but right now I'm hurting. And, and I, I don't think we, have, we truly unlock the fullness of our potential as children of God here on earth if we don't go through those experiences, if we don't go through those times of trials and testing and build perseverance. And it's not that black people have to and hear me well. It doesn't mean black people have to keep going through racism. That's not the case at all. What I'm saying is we should not be the only part people on the part of this transaction that are really lamenting. Everyone should be lamenting, so we can come into healing. Now that we lament, and then we get assaulted again. We get lament, and we get assaulted again. At one point, people people's hearts are hard and they turn. So our, I think our responsibility as as believers, for people that say, "Why are you black person still going to this white church? This white Jesus that was never our God?" This is, these are like our conversations that Christian black Christians are having now because people are saying, "No more. I I just see the hypocrisy. I see it. I'm done." And I think our responsibility as believers, who know that Christ Jesus is King, that we represent the full gospel of Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. um, regardless of the cost, and 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 there's no time like right now.
0: Yeah. Well, Jared, would you would you close this out by praying to that end, man, for everybody that's listening.
1: Totally. Thanks, Paul. Um, Heavenly Father, I thank you uh, for this conversation. God, I thank you for your spirit being here, Lord. God, I thank you for authenticity, Lord. God, I thank you um, through the Bible. There's been conversations between uh, leaders and people that have been confrontational and have been inviting. That talk about difficult things. And God, I thank you there's been fruit after those conversations, after those conflicts, Lord. So God, I thank you uh, for what you're doing. God, I thank you uh, for how you're moving. God, I thank you for uh, waiting on us to show up. Waiting on us to show up, Lord God. Um, It's been something that's been heavy on your heart for years. God, I thank you that um, when it's all said and done, Christ Jesus, you are king. But I thank you, as brothers and sisters, we're going to to apologize. We're going to repent, Lord God. it will be probably more, more repenting from white brothers and sisters, to black brothers and sisters, Lord God, that we can be one set brothers and sisters in the kingdom of God, Lord God. And that's okay. And on the side of that too, Lord God, this place is for us to apologize to our white brothers and sisters as well, Lord God. There's room for that as well. But God, let us not ignore the pain that's being caused. Let us not ignore the assaults and the hurts, Lord God. Let us lament. Let us just be present. Let us be present in the moments, Lord God. We don't know what's going on, Lord God. Let us be consistent, Lord God, until things change,
0: mm-hmm.
1: until the ways of men change, Lord God, until the, the, the heart of the kings kings changes, Lord. Let us just sit there until it happens. Let us pray and fast until this principality Release and goes in Jesus' name, Lord God. I thank you that we have attention for those things, Lord God. I thank you, Lord God, you give us the courage, Lord God, to move in those places, Lord God. Lord God, that to speak to those who may not want to hear it, and I thank you for this. these moments, these conversations, Lord God, and I thank you for Paul's heart to continue to have these conversations. And God, I thank you that you're doing this thing, and um, we're not just uh, spectators, but we're participants. In Jesus' name,
2: mm-hmm. Amen. Yeah. Hey Paul, I just want to um. Say thank you. Thank you for allowing us to have a voice. Being silent is hurting us. But people to understand our pain, thank you.
1: Hmm.
2: Thank you. And I just wish that that Jared was praying. I just wish it was praying that more people will will stand up now. Yeah. And like. They're
0: hurting.
2: Let's go. Let's go. Yeah. Thank
0: you. Thank both of you. Thank you for who you are, for what you bring to our community, for your willingness to have this conversation. And, um, yeah. Like I said in the beginning, you guys are pillars in our house. And uh, I pray, I know it's been, Hard, I know it's it's uh costly, um, and I pray that in our lifetime and in the generations we're gonna say it was both those things and yet it was also worth it,
1: yes, yeah, definitely.
0: His kingdom come and his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So, thank Amen. you, thank you both. I, uh, I I'm so grateful. I love you both, and I'm and uh love you too, Paul. Yeah. All right, my friends. You have a you have a great day.
2: Good job, you too,